Hello, my name is Ryan Beckenhauer, and you are listening to the Boulder Business Podcast. Today, we are here with Mark Casey, the managing commercial broker at Tenant Wisdom. Mark's got over 30 years of experience specializing in commercial tenant buyer representation and subleasing. How you doing this morning, Mark? I'm doing well, Ryan. It's great to be here on this uh, sunny day in Boulder, Colorado. Ah, it's, it's beautiful. Well, uh, let, let's get right into it. So today's episode is going to be about subletting. So what is a sublease and how common are they in a standard commercial lease agreement? The easiest, the easiest way to think about a, a sublease is that it's kind of an indirect lease in that instead of uh, leasing the space directly from the landlord who is typically, but not always a owner of the property, you're actually leasing it from the tenant in that space. So there's another party involved, which um, adds a little complexity, uh, but it's, it can be very manageable and it can be very good for all parties involved. When it comes to something business owners should be aware of, or you know, when they're looking over the subletting lease agreement from, from the sub lessor or, or the original tenant, you know, what are some things that you know, they might want to watch out for, or maybe pay more closer attention to? So um, because I represent tenants and subtenants, um, I'll speak um, from that perspective first. Uh, so one of the reasons why um, subleasing let's say office space for right now, um, although it can be industrial or retail space uh, as well. And there's probably people who have experienced uh, subleasing apartments. That's just not uh, my specialty. The, uh, but in terms of um, the subleasing the space, office space, let's say, the advantage um, to the tenant in the space is that very often they're able to let go of and either extend the uh, cash outflow or actually increase their uh, cash inflow through subleasing all or a portion of the space that they have and no longer need uh, from the, and we call that person uh, the, the sub landlord uh, who is leasing that space to the subtenant. For the subtenant, there's the uh, opportunity to frequently lease space uh, on a on a shorter term they, than they could with a direct lease and very often at a better rate uh, than they could. Um, the landlord actually potentially can win too because very often um, the subtenant stays in the space beyond the sublease term. And so the landlord uh, can get access to a new tenant and avoid a vacancy that they might have otherwise. And that's actually a great segment into the next question I wanted to ask you. So you talked about, you know, some of the complexities that come along with, with this type of lease. What are some of those pros and maybe a couple cons of subletting? I know you mentioned a few in the last question, but. so. You know, one of the um, very important things just to be aware of, first of all, it requires the landlord's approval. Almost, I've never seen a commercial lease yet that didn't require the landlord's written approval in order to do a sublease. Very often, language is added in that says things like, landlord cannot unreasonably uh, withhold approval of a sublease, which is a good thing for uh, to get for the tenant when they're uh, leasing the space from the landlord. But um, so it requires that, that, that approval from the uh, landlord. Another very important factor is 
because there is this additional party involved, um, let's say I'm the, the sub-tenant in the case, and I'm leasing from who we're calling the sub-landlord, if that sub-landlord should um, fail to perform uh, in one of the significant uh, requirements of their performance is they continue to pay the rent. If they fail to uh, perform on that, the sub-tenant um, can lose their rights to the space. Uh, for that reason, it's very important that the sub-tenant do their due diligence on the sub-landlord while the sub-landlord is doing their, their due diligence on the sub-tenant and uh, I should say the uh, savvy landlord is going to be doing their uh, due diligence on the sub-tenant as well. Yeah, they, they definitely seem like they can get a little complex. Well, when it, when it comes to finding, you know, maybe the right amount of square footage, I, I'm using the, the term Goldilocks for just a lack of, of better words, but, you know, something that's not too small, you know, where they're going to outgrow quickly or too big, where they're paying for square footage, maybe they aren't necessarily using. Um, what is the best way to find out that space? Well, that's, that's a very good question because one thing pretty much count on is that whatever space, amount of space that a tenant leases over the course of one, two, three years or longer, uh, their needs are going to be changing. And that's, uh, so it's a, it's a dynamic, their needs are dynamic in that way. So what we try to do is to do a needs analysis on the front end before we even go out and look at space to determine both what the tenant needs on the beginning of the lease as well as what they're going to need down the road and so we try to build in uh, flexibility within that that might uh, include things like rights over adjoining space which would give them the ability to expand and sometimes to try to uh, build in termination clauses should uh, the tenant uh, tenants needs change dramatically so those are some of the things that we build in but it all begins on the front end with just a, a conversation about getting to know the business uh the goals the budget uh and what they're looking to do now i'd be remiss uh to not mention the obvious here with respect to the current environment with um the pandemic we're in which has changed things very significantly certainly on the retail and restaurant end, but uh, also on the office end, uh, because it, companies are not using office users, in particular, uh, many are not using offices in the same way that they did just even a few months ago. And so, um, because that's because more and more companies are embracing the option of work from home uh, and they decided for example twitter has uh, decided that their employees can continue to work from home indefinitely even after um, the safety concerns pass so um, that's one of the complicating uh, factors that i would say overall has tended to um, on the office side cause companies to take a look at their office needs and to 
reduce the amount of office uh, they're using, not in all cases, but in some cases, perhaps they have um, all hands on deck meetings once a week. And beyond that, uh, many of the people are, are working remotely and, and plan to continue that path. Yeah, it, it does seem like the landscape has changed dramatically. And I would have never thought you know, three months ago to your point that that we'd be here. Um, to circle back to the due diligence of the subtenant, is it common for the subtenant to ask to see the original lease? Or is that is that something that maybe doesn't happen? It, it, it does and, and really should happen as part of the process because what the subtenant is agreeing to do in the sublease is to abide uh, by the terms of the lease and the rules and regulations associated with it. So it's actually critical that the subtenant um, carefully look at that. And, and typically, uh, they'll want to have their legal counsel uh, looking at it as well. Uh, so that's a, a very um, important part of it. And they really can't do that uh, without examining the underlying lease. Now, typically, that is not the first thing that they do. First, usually they look, you know, at the space and see how that uh, functions um, before, you know, starting to get into the weeds of what the actual uh, lease looks like. But that's very um, uh, important. And one of the things that can happen uh, in under certain circumstances, and usually this would be where you've got a subtenant who is as strong financially or stronger than the tenant or sub-landlord that be leasing from. And in that case, uh, sometimes what we're, what can happen is that the sub-tenant can actually do a direct lease with the landlord, which would allow the primary tenant or the sub-landlord, in this case, out of their obligations. And that can be very attractive uh, for the tenant to just kind of wash their hands of it and and not be on the hook for whether the uh, sub-tenant uh, performs or not. So uh, that's um, one of the cool things about a, um, a sub-lease. It can actually turn into an assignment where the primary tenant uh, is, is able to wash their hands, as I said, uh, or um, a um, terminate the underlying lease and the landlord and the new tenant or subtenant uh, do a, a new lease. And you might ask, well, why you know, would the landlord want to do that? Well, the advantage to them is that particularly if it's a, uh, a tenant who's strong financially, is they end up uh, in a stronger position with this new tenant than they would have been uh, staying on with their current tenant. Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, it sounds like it could be a three-way win there for everybody. Well, it certainly could. And, um, and that's why it's so important to do the do the due diligence there, you know, like in anything, there are things, times when it doesn't work out so well. And, and you know, that case, uh, it can be um, where the subtenants use all of a sudden turns out not to be compatible with neighboring tenants. And so, uh, you know, the landlord and the neighboring tenants are unhappy about that since we have a lot of of cannabis uh, business, um, you know, in Colorado, that's one of the uh, 
things that come up if there's you know odors or whatever you know coming from that where uh, all of a sudden the use has changed and uh, there can be some um, some real uh, difficulty there the other situation uh, which again is why it's so important for the subtenant to do their due diligence has to do with just the um, the sub landlord uh, defaults on their obligations because Imagine yourself um, in the position you're, you know, you sublet the space, you're doing, you're obeying the rules, you're paying the rent, and all of a sudden you get a notice of eviction, and it's because uh, the sub landlord uh, defaulted on their obligations. And do you only work with tenants, or do you work with, you know, investors and, and buyers as well? I work primarily with uh, tenants and subtenants in this case and buyers. And so, and what's the fun thing about my business is that some of the people who I've helped lease space over the years get to a point in their evolution where they want to buy a building. Uh, and uh, I, I, and they, and I help them with that and uh, they're, and help them find a good banker like yourself who can help them uh, with financing, including things like um, uh, SBA financing. So uh, yes, I do work with buyers. I also work with uh, investors, uh, particularly in the area of uh, 1031 exchanges. So um, in that case, uh, sometimes we have someone who's perhaps owned a small apartment building. They, for whatever reason, have uh, decided to sell it and they'd like to move into a property doesn't involve managing residential real estate and I can help them exchange into a net lease commercial property. Uh, one of the classic examples is uh, Walgreens or AutoZone property or a kidney dialysis center where that uh, investor now just pretty much collects uh, the rent and it operates uh, like a bond. It's not a bond, but it has some of the same attributes in the pricing and the performance of the bond. It's a, it's a great time to wrap up. Mark, I really appreciate you coming on the Boulder Business Podcast. When someone wants to reach out to you, what what's the best way? Sure. A uh, couple of ways. Um, one is my website, uh, tenantwisdom.com. Uh, I'm also on uh, LinkedIn um, under my name, Mark Casey. Uh, so, or give me a call at 303-665-6000. We can have a, a chat and see um, how I can be of help. And, and I'll put all that information. I'll put your LinkedIn profile. I'll put the website and your email. I'll put that all in the show notes. So uh, when someone does want to reach out, they'll be able to. Terrific. Well, this has been a lot of fun for me, uh, Ryan. I, I think it's a great program that you put together. And I uh, wish you and your listeners a, a fun and relaxing weekend. Oh, thank you, Mark. We appreciate it. Well, you have a great weekend as well. The views and opinions expressed by me, Ryan Beckenhauer, contained in this podcast are those of the author and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BBVA USA. Any content provided by the author are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.